Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. We're doing number one songs from 1993. Scott Guernsey in studio with us. Visiting the first hour of Nuwana's Now, you can always find it uh, on the podcast. Presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. Uh, <laughs> the bodega, that's hilarious, right? That was the number one song of the, the last week of November, 1993, the last uh, time Delaware was here. Wow, wow. Uh, that's 30 years ago. <laughs> Crazy, right? 30 years. I, 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 it seems like yesterday and it seems like, uh, you know, forever ago. Lifetimes ago, for Man. sure. Yep. Uh, yep. First hour included a whole bunch of good stuff. Sam Herner, Hero Sports, came on, break down the whole uh, FCS playoff field. Now that we're into the second round, who's on upset alert? What do we think of regionalization? Who got the worst draw among the top seeds? We also heard from Brody Greeby, a defensive end from Montana State, as they prepare for North Dakota State. And Mike Anderson, Grizz hockey coach, joined us. They're back at home, Eastern Washington, in town Friday and Saturday, 8 30 puck drop for both of those games. Uh, so go check it out in the first hour. You can always find it on the Nuance Now podcast. Gern, Scott Guernsey, of course, a familiar voice on the radio. Also an all-time great Grizz receiver back in the early 1990s. Have you been missing doing the radio? How's that going? You know what, Coulter? Thanks for having me, of by course, the way. Of course, man. Thanks uh, for coming in. You bet. Uh, it's always better in person, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't remember if you still lived here or not. So when I was texting <laughs> you, I was just totally figured we are going to do a phone call. You're like, well, I'll just come down. And I was like, oh, of course. Just please on, come on down. Half the people think I live in Butte. Cause, right, you totally. Know, because my son Your was son went there. to Butte High. It, and yeah, of course. Exactly. Um, yeah, what were we talking about? How, how's it, how, I mean, how's it been? Oh, geez. I mean, you did the radio for forever and ever, and uh, now you're not just because you want to be a dad and then you know root on your kids. So how's it been? You know what? It's 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 been great. It's uh, it's been a nice change, and it, it's not it's not so much doing the radio and uh, it, it, you know when you're there, it's it's you know getting to the game you know, an extra hour early than, sure. than everybody else. And it's staying an extra hour late. Right. And, um, and, and I, and I kind of said, uh, you know, when, when my kid gets here, I just want to kind of enjoy it. I, and I don't want to be, I want to be less involved. No, for sure. And, and, uh, and I think I've accomplished that. And, uh, you know, my, my time was 30 years ago and, and the radio was great. And it, and it gave me a chance to actually give back with with doing something that I really liked, totally, and um and that was great. But it's it's been a good transition and uh, and uh, onward and upward. Well, of course, Cameron is your son playing uh, for the University of Montana. He's a standout out of Butte High School, and uh, he was on the show uh, when he was first committing and and when he was going through his great high school career. But uh, hasn't been on in a little while because, as we know, Bobby Halk, no freshman allowed <laughs> on on the uh, the radio. Uh, let's take it back though. Thirty years ago, I mean, that's crazy. It's it's crazy to think that, but. Uh, I had a sort of a, acute awareness of this Delaware game because we did a 25-part podcast series a couple years ago when it was the 25th anniversary of the 1995 National Championship team. So many of the guys that were on that 95 team, they referenced this game against Delaware as sort of this this moment in the program. Because I, I, I tried to remind people, history is important, and it's important to remember where you came from. And Grizz football 
was so unbelievably good from about 1993 until now. And, uh, you know, of course, there was some ups and downs this last 10 years or so, the dominant run, 93 to 2009. But people forget, it wasn't always like this. And that 93 year was like the year where the Grizz first kind of punched their way onto the national scene. Yeah, it, it it's it's crazy, culture. You never know how it, how it's going to play out. I got here in 1990, and I redshirted, and um, they had went in 1989. 89 was like the best Grizz team to that point, exactly. right? Got Tim Houck, senior year. He got beat by Georgia Southern, and, and they come back, and I remember I was back home in Tumwater, Washington. We were taking our high school girlfriends to homecoming, <laughs> right? and Montana was playing Oregon State. Right. And knocks them off 21 to 14. Right. And we're thinking, oh, man, this is... This is here. Here we go. And then I don't know if it was the next week or the week after, but uh, Eastern Washington ends up scoring three touchdowns in the last seven minutes of the game and and beats Montana and kind of. So you just you, you never know what's going to happen. But you go back to 1993 and um, and it was it was a springboard. Right. I, I mean, and, and Delaware was ranked number 15. I think I that's mean, right. We yep. were t- we were two back then when they were all. Seated yep, and yep. sixteen teams, and they came in. They had a they got a big running back that went to the NFL. His name was Daryl Brown, um, huge. Uh, Kieta Malloy was their other player. He started both ways. Yeah, right. And he's he's the one that scored what ultimately was the game winning touchdown. Right. Yep, yep. They ran the wing T, right. which is what the offense that we ran. I ran in high school, so I knew that it was good. Um, and it was just uh, it was an an. Epic in a in a in frigid temperatures. Uh, now that's fascinating. I didn't I didn't realize that you're from Tumwater. You guys ran the wing tee, so this must have been a receiver's dream come true to go from a high school wing tee to oh. then Don Reed's four wide spread, <laughs> throw the ball sixty times a game. It it, it was. Uh... You know, I was the wing back, so I got to run the ball a little bit, and uh-huh. I got to got to catch it too. But uh, heck, my my senior quarterback Brad Otten, he quarterback at USC for two years. So, oh my gosh! I mean, we had a guy that could throw it too, but. We had O linemen that were 180 pounds, and the block <laughs> and the blocking scheme was such that we need to run the wing tee. But uh, yeah, it uh, throwing the ball at Montana was uh, that was something else. Well, that was kind of a trademark of Coach Reed back then too, right? Is bringing in a bunch of guys that maybe had a variety of different positions they could play, right? Guys that were running backs or slot receivers or outside receivers, and just getting them kind of all on the field, right? Everybody was kind of interchangeable. A lot of the receivers were kind of extensions in the run game and stuff. Yep, yep. They did a they did a good job of, pu- of putting uh, players where they uh, they could be, you know, Dave Dickinson and Burt Wilberger getting the ball to the, the playmakers. Uh, you know, those screens were kind of extended extended handoffs. And we weren't the biggest group. I mean, I was the I was the biggest receiver. And, right. And I, I mean, Sean Baker's about 5'7". <laughs> Matt Wells Matt about Wells, five six. Billy, <laughs> Billy Cockhill, yeah, right, and, and myself, and then yeah, uh, and yeah. then Earhart showed up and and brought some more beef to the scene. <laughs> but uh, no, it was a great uh, that game in '93, just back and forth, back and forth. What was it? Four touchdowns scored in the fourth quarter. So th- this game was, was cra- this is crazy, right? I mean, the runs in this game it was like a basketball game, right? Because I think you guys went on a three touchdown run to end the first half, tied. I think you scored at least one of your two touchdowns during that run. And then it was back and forth, 28-28 going into the fourth quarter. And then four more touchdowns were scored in the fourth. In like the last 10 minutes, I was watching Kyle Hansen's uh, redux of this. Uh, He had all the old K-Pax tape from 30 years ago. And it's just wild how much action happened in the last... Yeah, ten minutes of this game. Oh yeah, and uh, it's it's kind of crazy. Was uh, was South Dakota State the first game of the season in '93? That's right. So that was the first game. Delaware was the last game. Right. And talk about two incredible games. Unbelievable, right? I mean, just back and forth, and uh, you, you never know what was going to happen. But uh, uh, you know, you mentioned that that '95 team 
uh, the the championship team had a lot of guys on that '93, and I and I think that uh, you know that got people a taste of yes. uh, of of the playoffs, um, and. You know, we had a good team that year, and we had, you know, Dave was just a sophomore, but uh, you knew that there were good things coming with uh, with him at the helm, and we brought a lot of guys back, and, uh, you know, you, you get a sniff of that stuff, and, and it makes you want to go back and get it even more. Scott Guernsey here on our ESPN Roundtable. You're listening to Nuanas now on ESPN Radio. Scott, a former Grizz wide receiver and uh, a guy that was on the 93 team that lost, actually, in the first round of the playoffs to the Delaware Blue Hens. They're in town again, so the rematch... 30 years in the making with uh, Delaware coming to town. We got some tickets for you. You want tickets to this game? We got two pairs for you. We'll give away one right now. Call us. Caller number 5-406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call right now. We got two tickets for you to the uh, Saturday night, 7 p.m. kick, Washington Grizzlies Stadium. Delaware in town to face the second seed of Grizzlies, 406-888-1029. I mean, you mentioned the South Dakota State game at the beginning of the year. That was sort of like the beginning of the legend of Dave Dickinson, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, Burt Wilberger was the quarterback, and he's a good quarterback. And then all of a sudden, here comes this little sophomore off the bench to lead this epic comeback, and then we're off and running. And Dave, Dave Dickinson, you know, three years later is the, I mean, I think inarguably the greatest quarterback in Montana history and perhaps the greatest Big Sky Conference athlete in the history of the league. Well, and it's it's funny, and, and you look at his stats, which are which are off the chart. I mean, they're absurd. But uh, you got to remember that he didn't get uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games of stats. Right. Because they didn't count them back then. In the playoffs. Yeah. Right. So, and they do now. And he, and and he, also, he also had multiple times when he was hurt, too. And COVID year stats and, right. all, the, and all this right. other stuff. So, add all that stuff on top of there and uh, and, 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 and he's, he's untouchable. He is untouchable. When, when the, when Don Reed and the, the offensive staff make the, make the change during the South Dakota State game, bring Dave in, what are you guys thinking as some of the, the veteran receivers? You know, I don't, uh, we were so far behind, <laughs> <laughs> right? At, the, at that point in time, that uh, y- you know, we were just we were just rallying around whatever. I remember, um, I remember going in at halftime, and we were down thirty-one to seven. And Coach Reed, Coach Reed says, "Hey, let's just go down. We get to kick off. Go down, score, and 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 do it like that." Well. We go down, and I don't know if we fumbled the ball or what, but they they get the ball back. They got to score again. It's thirty eight to seven. Jeez, and everybody's just going. You know what in the what in the heck is going on? But then stuff just starts starts. I think Todd Erickson scooped up a fumble and ran it back for a touchdown, and maybe Shalon had a punt return touchdown, or I don't. It, all these things run together to me, Coulter. But uh, it was uh, it was one heck of a comeback, and that just goes to show you that uh, no matter how far you're down. Uh, you know, you can you can find a way. So the, the the dust settles on this this playoff loss, and certainly disheartening, especially for the guys that were seniors on that team. But you and a lot of the key players on that team were were only juniors. So just having it end so abruptly that year, how much do you think that just sort of drove you into the offseason? Because then you guys made a great run, won another Big Sky title, and, and went all the way to the semis the following season. Yeah, well, we didn't win a Big Sky title, actually. Oh, that's right, because that was the one year that, right, because Boise State won it, right? Yep, yep. We, uh, Dave got hurt against Boise that's State, right. and then we lost the next week to Idaho State. <laughs> oh, jeez. Which, uh, which hadn't happened under the Don Reed era. But, uh, you know, it was abrupt. I mean, I mean, we had a good squad. Um, you know, Dave was on fire. Our offense was great. Our defense was good too. For sure, we, they just ran into a team that I don't. I don't think that. Uh, you know, back then they, the East these teams were were stout. For sure, they were they were more stout than they are they are now. That's right. And um, 
and you had a lot of teams that hadn't defected to the FBS level. No, that's level right. That's right. And all that stuff. But uh, so abrupt. Um, I remember going home for Christmas and then getting back and got winter conditioning started and you just kind of, you know, the seniors just said, hey, you know, this is this is the last shot we have at that. And we got this kid, this, you know, Double D, Dave Dickinson, who uh, who's who's going to be the guy. And, uh, and we ended up having a, a great year in 94, made it to the semifinals, lost to Youngstown State. Um, Jim Tressel still don't like him, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and then you know you know what happened in '95. Yeah, it's uh, it's that's why I love this level of football because so often the key to success is how you respond from your most recent loss, whether that's a playoff loss or you know, like this Grizz team is a great example of it. That's currently you know, they lose at NAU, but here they are and they they responded in the right way and they they ran all the way from it. So it is just fascinating how sometimes they can drive. You always feel bad for the guys that are seniors on those teams that suffer those pivotal losses, but it's just all part of the building block, right? I mean, a lot of those 95 guys talked the same thing about the semifinal loss to Youngstown State being the next yep. sort of launch point that drove them into 95, and then they win it all. Yep, the catalyst. And, I, you know, this year's been uh, this year's been fascinating. I mean, you know, after that NAU game, it, it, it just kind of, you know, what what kind of team, you know, what do we have here? For sure. You know, what's going on? And and I guess give, give credit to the seniors, give credit to the players, the coaches, um, they they stayed true to the path, you know. A couple minor tweaks here and there, and and uh, and then you could you could just see it, just start building and building and building and getting better every week, and um, j- just having more confidence and more confidence in one another. And uh, it, uh, it it's it's been a one of the better coaching jobs for sure across the board, no doubt. You know, head guy, offense, defense um, that I've seen. And uh, I, you know, I just continue to build, continue to get better every week, and uh, sky's the limit. Scott Guernsey in the studio with us here on uh, Nuanas Now. It's our ESPN Roundtable, probably presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. We got a lot of calls and texts about what, what what channels this thing on. Well, unfortunately for those people that like to watch it on the actual channel, the games are not on actual TV this week. They're streamed on ESPN Plus, so you can find them on there. It's not as daunting as it seems if you you're not used to it. So ESPN Plus, uh, you can just get the app. We're on there. We're on we're on ABC <laughs> right now for sure. You're looking good. I should have got a haircut. No, no, you're looking great. You got your QB club shirt on. You're looking great. So, uh, anyways, ESPN Plus is uh, the streaming deal, and uh, so that's where you're going to find the games. But uh, if you need a place to watch the game, Paradise Falls will have it on for you. They'll have all the FCS playoff games on for you. Grizz kick at 7 p.m. So uh, head on down there. Have yourself some dinner, some drinks, some apps, whatever you might need. Paradise Falls located on the south side of Missoula, 3621 Brook Street. Paradise Falls, uh, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Um, what else has impressed you about this Grizz team? I mean, I, th- I think that one of our next guests that's coming up, Clifton McDowell, the quarterback for the Grizz. I mean, you can't understate how much, I think, settling on him, but also then uh, his improvement has has helped this team. Uh, ab- absolutely. Um, you know, and you, and you look at his, his college career, He's he's been around a few places, hasn't really played a whole heck of that's a right. lot. That's um, right. You know, when he, he gets here, he shows up in the summer, he's not here for the spring. Yeah. So... I mean, I, I know how difficult it is to to learn an offense, and uh, and as, as a quarterback, it's got to be got to be twice as hard, um, you know. And maybe it, it just took him that first month to kind of figure it out, and uh, you know, find his place, you know, on the team. It, it's tough to come in 
to a bunch of guys that are already that have already been for there. sure. Um, you know, I you know, how do you act? What do you do? How how much of a leader are you? How how much you know? For sure. Um, but his improvement has has been great. The dual threat. I think they've been they've been calling great plays um, for him. They've been the wrinkles that uh, Coach Pease is is thrown out there. I mean, it it and they come at a time when I'm. I don't expect them. I mean, That's which, right. Which is exactly, you know, how it's supposed to be. That's the biggest point of progress I've seen within the offense, right? As I thought last last couple of years, when they were good, they were great. And when they weren't, they had a really hard time adjusting. But they've been a lot more flexible and a lot more creative. I mean, you've just mm-hmm. seen, you've seen a lot of stuff that... It's new, and they run it. You're like, whoa, that, that's new this week, and I, I, it's been impressive to watch. Yep, and I don't, and I don't know if this is what happened or what's happening, but you know, a lot of times that you know the new guy gets there, and the the playbooks, you know, tiny, this, this yeah, yeah, big, right, and then right. you know the next week it's expanded yeah, yeah. and expanded, and then they say, hey, the guy's got it, yep. you know, let's let's go, and uh, and whatever it's it's been working. The running backs have been have been great. Um, the receivers have caught the ball. They've 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 gotten open, created some separation. The offensive line, I think, is is vastly improved. Sure. Um, I, I think just across the board, this team has just taken, um, you know, a step every week, and and you know, proofs in the pudding. And they have they've recaptured something that's been a bit elusive to uh, Montana football for a couple of years, actually for for more than a handful of years, and that is this this intrinsic belief that they're going to win. <laughs> that was the thing that defined the Grizz from your time playing all the way through when I was done in college in 2009 was just, hey, we can play well, we can play not. We just know we're going to find a way. And they fa- they figured out how to recapture that. That's been something that's been missing the last couple of years, but they got it back. Yeah, and I, I think it. I think it's just a, it's confidence. It's a belief um, in themselves. And, uh, and you know, and, and on the defensive side of the ball, too, it, it seems like Every year for every year since I can remember, we've got all these guys that we got to replace. There's right. how are we going to pl- replace these guys? And I'm I'm thinking the same thing too. But year in and year out, no doubt, new guys step up, um, new stars, you know, emerge, and it just seems to it, it seems to just just keep on happening. You know, we don't rebuild, we reload, and um, you know, uh, Ronnie Bradford's done a. Great job! Yes, defensive coordinator. Um, it's it's been it's been fun to watch. It's and it's been a total team deal. I mean, it really has all all three phases. It's it's been fun. It's always funny because during fall camp, we're always asking Coach How, okay, what do you think about this position battle, that position battle? Sometimes he gets a little snappy, and like last year, he said it when I was asking about the punter and the kicker. He looked at me and goes, "You've been covering me for twelve years." When we ever had problems at, at punter and kicker, I was like, "You're right, you're right. You always have a good punter and a good kicker." I think we could say the same thing with the linebackers now, right? Yep, I mean, it's, yep. you know, how you replace Danny Downs and Kurt Schilling, all these guys. That question has been asked every cycle forever. They just have a whole bunch of hard nosed, tough Montana kids, and they just roll out there. And they're, oh, Danny Downs, hey, see you later, Jason. Creebo, Jason, Creebo. Jason Creebo. yeah, that's right. Come on down, that's right? Exactly, and it, it's just gone on and on and on. How you replace Jace, Ols- uh, Jace Lewis and Dante Olson and Marcus Weldon? Well, you got Braxton Hill and Levi Janicaro and, and Tyler Freaks. Yep. Flink. So yep. yeah, so it's, it's just like a conveyor belt of Montana guys just rolling in a linebacker. So uh, last thing, last couple things for you, Scott Guernsey here in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. What do you uh, what do you think of the game this weekend? Then I mean, it's a long trip for the Blue Ends to come out here. It is. It is. Uh, you know, exciting for them. I mean, I every every team that comes here. Um, 
you know, it's just got to be high as a kite as far as, uh, you know, just excitement and uh, anticipation, you know, to come to the mecca of, of 1AA FCS football. Um, it is a long way to travel, and, uh, and it's going to be an even longer trip uh, going back, we hope. Um, but uh, full confidence in this team, I think we're, I think we're always going to win. And, uh, and I, I think no differently this weekend. Uh, just the fact that they were able to catch momentum throughout this season, carry that momentum through the rivalry game, take it into the playoffs, and then also secure this number two seed at home field throughout. I mean, it's just such a good draw for Montana. They're going to have to, they're going to have to play a couple premier teams after this round, but I just think you, you take so much solace knowing that they're on a roll and they got everybody coming to, to Washington Grizz. Yep. Everybody's, everybody's coming to Missoula. Um, you know, bye weeks are interesting. Sometimes you hate to have them, and uh, and other times you do. I I think they're great this time of year because you get to rest the legs and yep. and you know, like they say, everybody's injured this time of year, and uh, get a little bit a uh, little bit healthier, and have an extra extra week to uh, you know to plan and and what have you self scout and um, I, I you know like uh, Eugenio Suarez says the former Mariner. Yeah. Break, break my heart. Yeah, right. Good vibes, man. Nothing but good vibes. Yeah, that's right. Well, and a chance for revenge, even if it is 30 <laughs> years in the making. Scott Grizzly, reaction some memories from the last time Delaware was here, which was a, uh, a heartbreaker for the Grizzlies, last 49-48, but also a, a little bit of a pivotal moment, sort of a, a, a stone in the, the building of the foundation of what Montana football would become. So thanks for swinging by, man. Thanks for the memories. Yeah, thanks, Colter. Appreciate it. No, it's now ESPN Radio. It's our ESPN Roundtable, probably presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Great place to gather with family and friends alike. Go check them out there uh, on Brook Street, 3621 Brooks, to be specific. Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hot spot. We'll keep on breaking down these second-round matchups, give you a look at North Dakota State, as they make their way to Bozeman, also give you a couple more things to watch out of Delaware. And we'll talk to the starting quarterback for the Montana Grizzlies, Clifton McDowell. Joins us post-practice live. Keep it tuned right here, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshultylaw.com. Everyone is now on ESPN Radio. It's so funny how much influence music videos. First of all, I had them on me when I was a little kid and, uh, you know, a young adolescent, but also just on society in general. I think they still have a little bit of 
of influence, but not like it used to be. I remember like we played a little Mariah Carey earlier. It's number one songs from 1993 is the, the theme because Delaware is coming to Missoula for the first time in 30 years. So we're giving you some of the top hits from back then. Hilarious because most of the top hits are are like love songs, like that one by Janet Jackson or uh, I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Mariah Carey had a couple number one hits in 93 as well. But that video, the video for that song, That's the Way Love Goes by Janet Jackson, man, watching that when you're like eight years old, you're learning about life. Let's just say that. <laughs> Amazing. I remember being just like a little kid and being so unbelievably in love with Mariah Carey and Janet Jackson. I mean, I guess who wasn't? I think a lot of people were at that time, but just funny to think back. And it's also funny just to think like how long ago 1993 really was. Storms now, ESPN Radio. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on this Wednesday. Appreciate you for tuning in. As always, uh, there's some football games on Saturday, which is what we're going to keep on talking about. We gave you some ins and outs, some players to watch, a, a little uh, history on the Delaware coaching staff yesterday, so you can find that on the Nuanas Now podcast. Let's talk about North Dakota State. Certainly one of the most fun parts of the playoffs, especially in the early rounds, is you get to learn about a lot of new schools that uh, maybe you only knew a little bit about or you, you knew nothing about. North Dakota State's not that. We know, we know North Dakota State as well as any, any team in the Big Sky Conference, partly because of their dominance over the last 13 years, partly because of the fact that they're relatively regional. I mean, Fargo's, it's a trek from Missoula or Bozeman, but it's certainly in a similar kind of part of the country, uh, you know, relatively, compared to, you know, somewhere like Delaware or Richmond or Albany or whatever. And uh, there's also just so much history between North Dakota State and, and the Montana schools, particularly Montana State, and that history will get another chapter added to it on Saturday at Bobcat Stadium. Montana State and NDSU have played in the SCS playoffs. This will be the fourth time... Since 2018, the Cats lost in the second round of the FCS playoffs in Fargo, 52 to 10 in 2018. Then they went back to the Fargo Dome in 2019. This time for the FCS semifinals, that was uh, Montana State's first semifinal appearance since 1984. But they uh, ran into a brick wall again, 49-14. The Bobcats lost in 2019. Then uh, no um, playoffs in 2020, 2021. The Cats roll all the way to the SCS National Championship, and they lose 38-10. to So the margin has gotten smaller, but they've still gotten blown out the last three times they've played the Bison. But they have not played the Bison in Bobcat Stadium since they played them back in 2010. That team, the, the Bobcat team, was the Big Sky Conference champions that year. And NDSU, that was their first ever Division I playoff appearance. But they rolled into Bozeman. And uh, that was like my second game covering the Cats for the Bozeman Chronicle way back in 2010. And uh, the the Cats were up 17-14 late in the third quarter. And then NDSU just avalanched them in the, the fourth quarter. And they won going away 42-17. to That was a really abrupt and heartbreaking end for that Bobcat squad. They had won in Missoula to win the Big Sky Championship and knocked the Grizz out of the playoffs. That halted the Grizz. Streak of 17 straight playoff appearances. and uh, But then Montana State, they couldn't capitalize on that momentum, and instead they fell to NDSU. The following week, NDSU lost in overtime 
to Eastern Washington, and Eastern went on to win the 2010 national title. That's the last time that the Big Sky Conference has sniffed it. There's been a couple of Big Sky teams that have gone back to the title game. Uh, Eastern went back there in 2019, the Cats in 2021, but it has been all Missouri Valley Football Conference with the exception of James Madison in 2016 when it comes to uh, the FCS National Championship. So, uh, But now the Bobcats get their first shot at the Bison in Bozeman at Bobcat Stadium instead of at the Fargo Dome. You know, Andrew, to me, I think that there's so many of these X's and O's diagnoses we can do for these these second-round playoff games. How do teams match up? How do they deal with the mystery of the matchup? All that. I think you can throw that stuff out in this game. You certainly want to execute. You're certainly going to be well-prepared. But there's no secret, really, what Montana State does. There's really no secret what North Dakota State does either. I think, to me, this, this game in Bozeman on Saturday, it comes down to intangible stuff. Can the Cats get off the mat? Can the Cats respond after getting beat down in Missoula? And how does NDSU react to being in a hostile environment that isn't the friendly confines of the Fargo Dome? I like that analysis. To me, Coulter, a lot of those intangibles might play out in what we see with the X's and O's matchups on the field. What changes is Montana State going to make? After getting beat down in the rivalry game, what's that going? Are there going? Are they going to have any new wrinkles sure. coming into this game? Because you know North Dakota State's run defense not the equal of Montana's. That's right. Who is? That's right. But very very good defense coming to town with the Bison. Yep. What are you going to do differently that'll let you put points up on the board? You've gotten two weeks to prepare for it. So so to me, uh, that's sort of what the intangible. Uh, analysis of this game is, is is Brent Vegan and his staff going to be able to adapt? Are they going to be able to come up with something new for this game? Are they going to be able to look different than they did? And that's part of putting that Montana game in the rear view. Well, this is where the balancing act comes to to the surface, right? The the tangible element is that Montana Montana State did not tackle well against Montana. Is that a fundamental flaw? A regression? Or is that an intangible element because it's a mental thing and they can just get back to tackling, which was their tackling was great the first two months of the season? That's a big question. Same thing with the offensive execution, right? How much of their confidence stems from getting in the right stuff, getting the ball to the right guys? Who's playing quarterback? What's their opportunities like at quarterback? What sort of rhythm are they in? I do think that the, the intangibles and the tangibles kind of go hand in hand, right? Like getting into a rhythm offensively, for example, is going to be a huge thing for them getting off the map, for them believing that they can win. So I agree with you. I do think that a lot of it, it's going to come from, uh, the intangible is going to come from some of the tangible decisions that they make as a coaching staff as a, and as a football team. And that's got me thinking, and you've got to think with this game, the first quarter is going to tell you a whole lot about both of these teams, right? It's going to tell you, it's going to go a long way towards telling you the answers to those intangible questions. Is North Dakota State able to handle a hostile road environment in the playoffs? You'll be able to tell that two or three drives into the game. Is Montana State going to be able to bounce back from that rivalry game loss, or is the memory uh, of that game going to to continue to feed off of them and make them something less than they were before they played the Grizz? Well, I don't know, but you'll be able to tell probably two or three drives into the game the answers to those questions, uh, sort of like you could in the rivalry game, right. right? You could tell two, three drives in the game 
that Montana State was not up for playing at Washington Grizzly Stadium, and that turned out to be the case for the entire game. I think it might be sort of the same scenario for the Cats on Saturday. It, it, it certainly could be. The one thing I expect to not happen is, you know, North Dakota State, you could say, okay, they lost a step. They're down a little bit. They lost three games this year. You know, they, they don't have a Jabril Cox roaming around the middle of their defense. They don't have a Kyle Emanuel coming off the edge. They don't have a Robbie Grimsley roaming the secondary. They don't have, you know, all these star-studded running backs or a Darius Shepard on the outside or a Carson Wentz or a Easton Stick at quarterback or, you know, Cordell Volson or a Cody Mock on the offensive line. You can say all that stuff. But the one thing is, okay, maybe they took a step back in terms of their overall talent or – you know, just sort of the momentum within their program. North Dakota State has not lost a game from withering within the moment or not being tough enough since this run started. And but all those games have been at home. That's no, it's it's so true. It is so true. And so can, can you can you get them into that mode? Because if, if they do get into that mode where there is a meltdown happening. Like you said, they've never been in that situation. I mean, we saw Bobcat Stadium and admittedly a really great Montana State team get to South Dakota State a couple years ago. And that South Dakota State team, not the equal of those North Dakota State teams that was winning all those titles. Neither is this year's Bison team, though. Well, and I mean, that South Dakota State team was absolutely stacked, though. I I mean, mean, that team had the quarterback went to the NFL. uh, Chris Chris Oladokun went to the NFL. Pierre Strong, the running back, got drafted. Tucker Craft Uh, made some big plays in that game. I mean, Tucker Craft plays for the Green Bay Packers now. Certainly, I mean, that was a stacked South Dakota State team. And they still have. I mean, Isaiah Davis was the backup running back. The Yankee Twins were at wide receiver. (laughs) Right, totally. Jake Weineke was on that team. And they, they, yeah, that, that team was stacked for sure. So it is an interesting fold. Dwayne's Dow, ESPN Radio. Clifton McDowell, the quarterback for the Montana Grizzlies, will join us as soon as the Grizz wrapped up practice. But we're talking a little bit about the other side of the Great Divide there uh, in Bozeman with NDSU coming to town. Here's a couple just central figures in this game for North Dakota State. Matt Entz, still the coach. He's in his fifth year. He's 58-10 and 10 there at NDSU. Cam Miller, now a four-year starter for the Bison at quarterback. He's been super efficient, 75% completion percentage uh, this year during his senior year. His top target's been Zach Mathis, who's a six-foot-seven wide receiver, who's uh, who's had a good year so far this year. And uh, on defense, Cole Wisniewski is a, a former linebacker who's been converted to safety, and, and he's been very good. He's got 63 tackles and five interceptions, and he's certainly an All-American candidate. Eli Mostert is their main man in the middle. He was an All-American as a sophomore, but then he busted up his – he broke his leg, and he's taken a little while to come back from that, but now he's back in the lineup. He's a senior, 6'3", 290, anchoring the inside of that defensive line. And then their top linebacker right now at North Dakota State is Logan Kopp. He's a 6'1", 222-pound sophomore, leads NDSU with 68 total stops, 7.5 for loss and uh, 3.5 sacks. NDSU comes into the game against uh, Montana State, giving up 18.1 points per game. The Bobcats averaging more than 40 points per game so far uh, this season. We'll talk more about this Delaware Grizz game with the guy who'll be starting under center for the Grizzlies, Clifton McDowell, the Big Sky Newcomer of the Year, next here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Television. 
This was not number one in 1993. That was just also on uh, some of the playlists from 93. And uh, I don't know, I was just grooving out. I should have saved that one for Carolyn. The chicken doesn't know sports because she is the queen of the 90s. I'm, I'm sure she was loving some real McCoy back in the day. Today's playlist, all from 1993, which is the last time the Delaware Blue Hens came to Missoula and also the last time Delaware and Montana Played a football game back in November of 1993. Delaware came out here and won 49-48. So we talked about uh, some memories from that game. Scott Guernsey was a receiver on that 93 Grizz team. Joined us to rehash some of that, but also talk about sort of the, the launch point that that game was for then the Grizz to make a semifinal run the following season and uh, make a national championship run in 1995. We also had... A whole bunch of other fun guests on the show today. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, joined us to talk all things FCS playoffs. Brody Greeby, junior All-Big Sky defensive end from Montana State, joined us to preview the North Dakota State matchup. Mike Anderson and Jeff Safford, Grizz Hockey, to talk about their uh, home double dip this week at Eastern Washington in town. 8.30 puck drop both Friday and Saturday night. And uh, heard from Gerns and also give you a little bit more of an in-depth look at North Dakota State. All of it on the Nuanas Now podcast which is probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time, and the uh, MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. Uh, Tease for the rest of the week. We got another uh, jam-packed lineup for you tomorrow. Terrence Archer, who's the associate head coach there at Delaware, will join us, as will Tyler Roll. He's the offensive coordinator at North Dakota State. We'll hear a little bit from Jason Eck from Idaho as well. We'll also hear a little bit from Brent Vegan, Bobby Halk, Brooks Nuanas. Everybody's swinging by tomorrow, so it uh, should be a fun uh, Thursday show for you. Also got another jam-packed lineup on Friday coming up as well. Uh, Rajim Seabrook, uh, Carol and the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports, and uh, Cam Miller from North Dakota State. We'll have a whole bunch more guests on Friday uh, as well. Sounds like we got Clifton McDowell, our Grizz uh, Star of the Week for the uh, for the uh, second Grizz Star of the Week of this week. He's the newcomer of the year uh, in the Big Sky Conference. Cliff, we haven't uh, talked to you since last time you were in studio, man. How you doing? What's going on? Practicing, getting ready for the weekend. How was practice today? Oh, it was good. It was kind of cold, but you know, I'm just getting used to the cold out here. Tell us about that element. You're from Spring, Texas, and you played most of your college ball in places where it's not so cold. So how's that How's that adjustment been for you? Uh, well, it's been kind of hard getting uh, adjusted to the cold, but, I mean, I, I'm able to adapt to my surroundings. Uh, no doubt. You've done a great job of adapting to your surroundings all season long. So, first of all, congratulations on the Newcomer of the Year Award. What did you think when you, you found out you got that honor? Uh, thank you. So I was just um, real blessed and grateful. I was really uh, shocked because there's, there's a lot of talent in this conference. So just to get the newcomer award and get that recognition means a lot to me. Well, just take us through uh, the, the arc of this season. The, the first month you were splitting time with Sam Vidlak, and then uh, you kind of took over there uh, towards the end of September, and then you guys really turned a corner once it turned to October. So what have been the, the key points to your improvements? And, and just take us through your through your eyes, this journey you've been on so far this year. Well, just um, trusting in the guys. I know after we lost that NAU game, we we kind of hit a um, a wall, and the coach told us on us to be either be resilient or lay down. And we as a team, we just chose to be uh, chose to be resilient. Well, certainly, it's been great resilience since then. 
what are the the main things that you guys think you, you improved on or, or changed, uh, and, and that helped you sort of get up off the bat after that NAU loss? Just um, hitting practice harder, being more aggressive, and being more up tempo in practice, not taking anything lightly. Clifton McDowell joining us here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. He's a quarterback for the University of Montana. They host Delaware on Saturday in the SCS playoffs. I know you got asked this at the press conference, Cliff, but I'll ask you again. What do you think it is the playoff format? You spent most of your career uh, in, in places where there wasn't necessarily a playoff, and I know at Central Arkansas you had the chance at the playoff, but now that you're in the playoff, what do you think of just this, this opportunity where it's uh, win and you're in and uh, lose, you go home? I live for moments like these. It's just real uh, grateful to be in this situation with my team and uh, just, just to be in the position that we are, being a number two seed and having a home field advantage throughout the playoffs is real grateful and blessed. Tell us about Delaware then. I know I know it's only Wednesday here, so you guys have probably started working on some of the, the stuff. So uh, what do you think of the Blue Hens? What do you see out of their defense? Uh, they're a real aggressive defense. They have a lot of big guys on the uh, line, and they have a lot of DBs on the field. So it's just really uh, seeing when they're going to come bring pressure or be play safe. So just getting in the uh, field room and studying what downs they're pressure on. So just staying ahead in the field room, and we'll, we'll come out successful. Keys for Montana on Saturday then? I mean, what are, what are going to be the keys for you guys if you're going to keep on moving on? It's to um, play our game, don't try to do too much, and uh, limit turnovers. There you go, Clifton McDowell here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Cliff, thanks for taking some time, man, and uh, best of luck on Saturday. Have some fun. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon, but thanks for being here. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. There you go, Clifton McDowell. He's he's awesome, man. I think it's it's fun because he's he's um he's just very direct and to the point, but that's just kind of like his personality. I think that that shows through in his playing style. I mean, we talked about it leading up to the 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 rivalry game against the Bobcats. You know, Clifton McDowell had the now I guess infamous tweet or I guess uh, uh, video clip that went viral on Twitter. Where in the post game after Portland State, he says, "Yeah, now we're getting ready for the Battle of the Brawl or whatever they call it." And some people jumped all over him and said, "How do you not know? You know, Brawl of the Wild. How do you not know the history of all this?" And I thought, though, okay, the kid's only been here for a couple months, and maybe just uh, not knowing how big of a deal it is would actually help him with just settling into the flow. Well. I think that that was what came to fruition because Clifton McDowell was cool as a cucumber. He was running over Bobcat defenders from the outset, had two powerful touchdown drives for the Grizz offense. He led them, and he capped the second one with a a bruising run right up the middle where then he flexed on the the Cat defense. And I thought that was one of, if you were to name like the four or five biggest moments in the game, that was one of them. And, And I think that you could see just how much his cool, calm, and collected demeanor helps the Grizzlies within the scope of the game, especially in these high-pressure games. So uh, it's funny. Some of the, the media guys are like, well, well, you know, we don't want to interview Cliff. He doesn't say much. I love it because it's like, boom, you get right to the point. <laughs> you know, what do we got to do on Saturday? We got to execute, play our game, stay focused. That's it. <laughs> it's it, Not a lot of platitudes, pretty straight to the point. But I, I do think it's uh, his personality shows through on the field, and I think that that's, uh, I think that's a, a net positive for the Grizzlies. I mean, we, we talked about this coming in the rivalry game, Andrew. I think we were we were both kind of on the same page. And I think we were both right. 
Yeah, I mean, so much about his personality just seems like designed to succeed in this system, right? For sure. Uh, to, to mesh with the coaching staff. For sure. Uh, I mean, here's one thing you know. I mean, Brett Pease will rip your head off if if you're not executing right. He's a, he's a really hard coach. Some guys, I think, can't handle that. Clifton McDowell doesn't he doesn't seem to be phased by it at all. No, that's absolutely right. And I also think that, like, at Montana, although certainly the Grizz have had plenty of quarterbacks be the star, uh, you know, Montana's not really set up to have the quarterback be the guy, right? And I'm talking about, like, just talking about this program. We always talk sure. about the linebackers, the defensive players right. uh, as the face of the program. I think that just sort of sort of works with what he's got going on. And that's what's so hilarious is it's not set up for the quarterback to be the guy. I don't know if anybody expected Clifton McDowell to be the guy. And then when he plays like he's the guy, <laughs> like he did against the Cats, look out. Montana's going to be pretty hard to beat. No, I was doubt. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Terrence Archer from Delaware. Tyler Roll, North Dakota State. Jason Eck from Idaho. Brent Vegan from Montana State, Bobby Houck from Montana, and Brooks Nuanez from Skyline Sports. That's our guest list. That's a great show. We'll be back at it tomorrow at 4 p.m. Have yourself a wonderful evening and stay warm. Thanks so much for listening. Nuanez Now, ESPN Radio. Colter Nuanez from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All-American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t-shirt. What's it like being on a t-shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. might, it must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t-shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now <laughs> for the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.